Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. What they know about them Texas boys. You're listening to the most dangerous show in Texas. Fight Night on 104.9 The Horn. Wherever you are, however you may be listening, it is now Fight Night. Welcome to Fight Night on 104.9 The Horn and hornfm.com. I'm your host, Eddie Cross. You can find me on Twitter at Eddie Experience, one E in the middle. And joining me as always, he was last spotted trying to jump into Bevo's enclosure at the UT Stadium, Mr. Jordan Wahlberger. Jordan, stay out of Bevo's pen. Did that happen? Someone tried to get happen. into Bevo's enclosure at the game? Yes. Was it the he same guy? Was the, it the same guy that walked on the field at the LSU game? No, this one was noticeably bigger, and uh, I'd say a little bit drunker. He got up to the top, uh, top rail, and a cop <laughs> like jumped him from behind and dragged him down. What was his goal? Do we know what his goal was there? Like, what's what's the plan when you get in Bevo's enclosure? What do you do? That's a great question because other than um, pee on yourself, I don't know what you do. Because that's a bad idea. Okay. Well, Eddie, it, it's great to see you. Uh, it's, it's fun to talk about fights. You can follow us at Fight Night ATX on Twitter, on Instagram, on Facebook. You can follow me at Nonstop MMA. Eddie, what a, uh, what a weekend, man. It, was, uh, it wasn't the best weekend of sports for me. Uh, I told you last week I thought we were going to lose. I didn't think we had what it took to beat Oregon in Eugene. And, uh, and I was right, and by unfortunately. We, you mean BYU? And by we, I mean BYU. And, and, uh, and unfortunately, I was right. Well, that's that's rough, but you know, it's a long season. It is a long season. It doesn't derail you from your full goals of making the Armed Forces or- Bowl, of course. Exactly. Um, Oregon's a decent program, you know. Despite what you saw against Georgia, not everyone's Georgia, so you know you can't look at that game and say we'll do the same and we'll do fine. So yeah, no. I understand completely. Yeah, it was, uh, I mean, I, we just didn't show up. That, that was the most unfortunate part. But I'll tell you, today, Eddie, after a year and a half, and actually, actually, after a year, today was the first day at our house where we didn't have people coming to work on the house or we were not expecting someone to come work. The pool is done. The uh, The outside cabana is done. I sent you a picture on, on Saturday night of me sitting in the hot tub uh, enjoying yeah. the uh, the fights. I'll be sure to post that on Instagram. Yeah, uh, and I got that while I was in the stadium watching the UTSA game. And I'm just like, thanks for the invitation. Even though you know I have tickets and I'm going to say no, the invite is, you know, welcome. Well, if you want to drive down to, up to South Waco sometime and, uh, and come watch some fights or anything or some games, I, I'm, you're welcome to, uh, to spend that time and, and come over anytime. Well, maybe we can watch some uh, MLB playoffs because as you see from my shirt here, what's that say? That says uh, it's a blatant ripoff of the New World Order logo, and uh, I don't yes, appreciate I don't appreciate the copyright infringement. <laughs> Astros World Order, fifth time in six years, Astros win a division championship, and I'm going to enjoy this ride as long as it lasts because for most of my 45 years they have sucked. Well, they so, still yes, I'm going to enjoy it. Well, they still suck, uh, and the one thing I'll let you know, Eddie. <laughs> um, Here. 
if you remember, you know, who actually made, who won, who, who clinched the playoffs first? No, I have no idea. It was the Dodgers. The Dodgers had clinched first, so. Congratulations. Has a wilt disappeared from your chest yet? Yeah. I mean, you, you hit like such, <laughs> such a puny girl. Um, but Eddie, if you look back, you, you know, you, you talk about the, uh, you know, the Astros winning the division. Uh, let me just go 2013, 14, 15, 16, 17, 18, 19, 20 Dodgers, 21 Giants, 22 Dodgers. Oh, congrats. But no one cares about the Dodgers around we, here. We all well, we all care. We, we all, all care okay. about the Dodgers. Granted, there's a lot of you that left Dodger land to come to Astroland. Yes. How many people? You, uh, you, you know how many listeners are right now, world now in buddy. their car? No, that's not true. In their car right now listening that are like, you know what? That's true. I, I am from California. I moved here for a reason, and I love the Dodgers, and I hate the Astros. Well, you know what? They can all, in the words of Shawn Michaels, suck it. I'm actually not sure what you just said. What did you just say? <laughs> I, I tried to be vague as we we're on the radio, and I'm trying to be nice and FCC friendly. Okay. I, I just need but to make you sure know I know what I, know, like, what, what I actually don't, but what do I need to, to, bl to block and blur next time? Uh, that's the only thing I, I got to make sure. <laughs> I'm, not, I'm not exactly sure what you just said. So, uh, well, It's fun to make you have to do that stuff now. Well, uh, Eddie, I'll tell you, it was uh, besides watching football and, uh, and enjoying time in the hot tub, I know you saw a UT uh, S game. Uh, you saw the UT game. My my fantasy yeah. team back on track, except for um, one of the leagues. The league I have, Patrick Mahomes and, and Justin Herbert. Um, Saquon Barkley. Cam Akers still sucks. Not, not sure if you know that. Uh, Saquon Barkley came down to earth a little bit. Uh, I had Julio Jones in there who was a, a late scratch. I, I can't get this right over here. Dude, I've got so many injuries in one of my ESPN leagues. I literally have to start myself at wide receiver. That's well, bad. I'm like, it's just week one, people. Yeah, that'd be rough. So, but you know what, Jordan? I mentioned earlier that I've uh, uh, been watching the Astros for 45 years, which, you know, close enough. Yeah. I'm, I'm 45. My doctor sent me a, uh, a present for my 45th birthday. And it was a Cola Guard box. A Cola Guard? Do you guard? know what that is? Yeah, you know what that is? You've seen the commercials on TV? Is this um, like uh, like colon blow? for uh, like So you can just make sure you got the fiber? <laughs> no. But it is, um, let's see, quote, at-home colon cancer screening kit. Oh, nice. So uh, to put this in nice terms, and I can't even believe I'm telling this publicly, you got to drop a deuce in a bucket and okay. send it in. Okay. So... Um, I've been putting this off. I didn't want to tell you about it to have a, a Cola Guard countdown for us. But I finally uh, sent this thing off Monday. Let me tell you, it's a little degrading. But it's still better than a colonoscopy. Well, hopefully you don't have to deal with that. But, Eddie, you know, hopefully yeah. in your and older yours age, is coming. Yours hopefully is coming. your health and safety and I hope you're okay. I'll tell you, uh, Eddie, I, a bucket. So I told you last week, right, that I was doing some service out in a park in Cedar Park. We were helping to beautify this park i was cutting with chainsaws uh what did you know oh yeah i ended up with poison ivy again again what yeah remember last year when i was in louisiana cleaning up from the hurricane you don't learn a lesson do you i don't know what happens why do i serve people why do i help out like why do i help out in the community when i just get sick next time did you get on your arms or legs arms long sleeves put on a rash guard yeah put on a rash guard you idiot I don't know what happened. And I then, know you still have them. And then I had a terrible, terrible ear infection as well last week. I was at the doctor. Just I was like, can I get pills for this? And can I get pills for this? That would be great. Please. Did you put the poison ivy in your ear? No. That, that, fortunately, I didn't do that. So, But I am, I'm okay now. Are we now. sure? I'm all good now. So, 
Okay. What's that thing on your face? I got I got hit. I was building a uh, storage unit for the garage, and, and one of the pieces of metal uh, hit me. So, cut my face. Listen, tell Marlo that at some point I'd like to um, get in on this life insurance with her. Yes. Because it doesn't seem like you plan on being around much longer. Well, we will find out. So, all righty. <laughs> We've got to get into it. While we were, you know, you were at the UTSA game. While I was watching the fight, we were getting ready. There was another fight happening. And uh, oh, yes. they almost did it. They almost, they almost screwed Canelo here. Oh, my God. Look, I got home in the middle of the sixth round. Okay, so I won't try to score that first half. But by everything I heard, it was a Canelo clean sweep. Yeah. Okay. And but what I did see from seven to the end, I'd say Canelo got like four out of the six. So even if you're being generous, that would you could I'd say two for Triple G. If you're being generous, you could give him a third. There are people out here with it like seven to five, which means one more round being different, and you got another draw. Yeah. What are they doing? They're trying to ruin boxing. I swear to God. I mean, they're just it, trying to ruin it. Now you can always go back to the first fight and say, you know, that fight Gennady got got robbed, right? Right. Second fight, uh, I mean, you could you could you, it was fine. Razor thin. Yeah, but it was fine. It's pretty close. This fight, I mean, imagine if Gennady Golovkin would have got the win here, screwing him, screwing Canelo the other way. Jeez, I mean, oh, it would, that would have been just surprising. He didn't deserve, he wouldn't have deserved to win that fight. Uh, and, and in fact, you know, the scorecard makes it look a lot closer, obviously, than it really was. And, and that, that kind of gives you like a false hope. It, it has to give uh, Triple G a false hope of, of kind of where he is and what he can do next. Yeah, and while he does still have like, what was it, three of the middleweight titles? So it's not like he's a, a chump all of a sudden. His only losses have been to Canelo. But what you saw was not up to his standard. Let's just put it that way. And for him, them to give him one, two, three, four, like four of the last six on most of these scorecards, I just don't know what fight they were watching. Maybe they just felt that because he was doing better than before he was winning. I don't know, but I, I was going to give him like two. And a three would be generous. Yeah. So we know that Canelo, obviously, this, this oh, is... Oh, and most... Two of the three gave him the first round. Yes. The, the trilogy now over, right? They're not going to do a quadrilogy. We know that's not going to happen. But what it's do you two, do? Oh and one. Does that mean that, like, Canelo, is he, is he going to rematch Bivol? Like, like, what does he do next? That's a great question. And he should, Canelo should be, like, your favorite fighter as much as you love guys who jump weight classes for the super fights for the next guy up. And that's what he wants to do, I believe, is go back to light heavyweight. Because if he wins one of those titles, I guess Bibble's title, then he's, uh, he can fight, um, oh, crap, I lost his name, for the undisputed light heavyweight title. And that's, you know, Canelo loves legacy. That is on his mind. But, dude, you're the super middleweight champ. Defend your titles. You know I like a guy that plays king of the mountain and just knocks everyone back down. There are so many guys at middleweight who would step up the few pounds to super middleweight to fight Canelo, and they would be blockbuster fights. But he just wants to keep moving up in weight. So David Benavidez, right? That, that's like the one that would make the most sense. Now, it sounds like um, yes. Canelo, after the fight, was asked about him, and he was kind of just saying, like, what has he done? Like, look at all the things that I've done. What has, what has he done? He needs to do more in order to earn that fight for him. 
Um, but I mean, I guess it's either Bivol or is it Benavides? I mean, are those really the two options that uh, that that are probably out there for you know him next? Yeah, it kind of is. It's basically those two. It seems like, and he really wants the Bivol rematch. One, one for his legacy, and two, like I said, he wants to he wants the light heavyweight championship. But man, it's not like Benavides could like take one could have had one of the super middleweight belts because Canelo was taking them all. So you say, what has he done? Well, he couldn't. Canelo well, was doing it. He does have the vacant WBC interim super middleweight title right now. That's his uh, best claim. And, I mean, good try. I mean, that's the best you can do. That's all that's left out there. Because Canelo's got them all. And he should be next. But, I mean, at least, if it's not him, at least be someone with a big name at middleweight, super middleweight. Because that, that sells to me more than him just jumping away to fight a bigger guy whose name I can't remember. Oh, and by the way, the name I couldn't remember at light heavyweight was Arthur uh, Bitterbeef. Oh, yeah. Okay. Yeah, he's got three of the belts at light heavyweight, while Bivol has one. So if Canelo beats Bivol, he's in line to fight Bitterbeef for undisputed light heavyweight title. Okay. Uh, so, I mean, it's obviously, I mean, Canelo, he's got, how, I mean, how old is Canelo now? 32, I believe. Okay, so he's still young enough, He's been right? fighting since he's like 15. Well, we'll talk about fighting pro since we will talk about another fighter later who has been fighting forever, who has age wise, you know, maybe young, but fighting years wise is is old. Uh, it, it sounds like yeah. right. We're going to see him. We'll probably see him. I don't think do you think he gets back in this year. Is that a possibility? Uh, not likely. He said he had a uh, issue with his hand. Oh, yeah, that's right. So it sounds like something might be broken. So uh, if we're lucky, we'll see him back in May. See you go to Maya. Uh, around uh, around Cinco. Yeah. All right. But, uh, if not. It, it could be a while. Anything else, Eddie, that you just want to mention from the uh, from the boxing? Uh, not much. Uh, Jesse Rodriguez uh, won the uh, WBC Super Flyweight title. Or did, I think he did. You know what? I'm just going to stop there. I don't even know anything about that one. Okay. That's fine. <laughs> All right. But you know what? Friday night, I was going to start a horror movie a little after midnight. Um, but I decided to crash instead. Turns out I still got my fill of blood and gore over the weekend, though. It just happened to come at the apex. Yeah, there were some horrifying cuts. Oh my the god! The blood, this was like the nastiest. the blood on the mat, like even before the main event, even before Song Yudong's out there pouring and gushing blood everywhere. You know, it yeah. was. I mean, that Gregor Rodriguez fight. That was oh. the nastiest cut I've seen, and then to see it afterwards, just brutal. Oh man, this dude's got a unibrow now. I mean, the, 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 dude's like, got, the dude's got a big hole in the middle of his head right now. Well, it's, pitched, it's stitched up. Yes. But if you hadn't seen it, if you haven't seen it, basically if you take a line from your right eyebrow to your left eyebrow, you cut it open very deep, and you pull it down <laughs> to where it looks like you're about to pull your nose skin off. That's what Gregory Rodriguez's face looked like. And oh, talk about a perfectly placed knee. I mean... Good lord! When I saw I that image, like that since uh, MVP hit Cyborg. When I saw that image, right, that they put on of, of that big just gash and like the the stuff that's like inside of his head, it made me just. I mean, it was disgusting. So Gregor Rodriguez, if you don't know, uh, they call him RoboCop. He's been in the UFC. This was his fifth fight in the UFC. He lost one to Armin Petrosian. Uh, he has wins over uh, Dusko Todorovic, Park Young. Uh, we saw him, Eddie, in Austin. He knocked out Julian Marquez, if you remember that. Yeah, that I was forgot a, he's one of my new first guys. Round. Yeah. 
He looks like an old yeah. dude, but he is he is good. And then the Chitty Nojikawani. for a reason. They do. Uh, Chitty Nojikawani, he's been looking good, right, since he had come on Dana White's Contender Series. Uh, and uh, and he was someone. They, they had a couple similar wins, but this was big. Now, am I ready for him to step up into a ranked fighter? Probably not yet, but this is another guy I want to see them move along. And uh, But, like, man, that that was a just the the ability for him to withstand what happened in that first round where the doctor could have come in, could have stopped that, but came in and he yeah. was able to rally back and get the finish. Incredible. And yeah, and unfortunately we're not going to see him for a while because that cut really needs to heal. <laughs> I don't know how long that one's going to take, but you want to talk about a medical suspension. Um, but yeah, I, I don't think, uh, I wouldn't mind seeing him against someone like Chris Curtis or, uh, um, Oh, that French dude, uh, Nasruddin Imavov? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, that's, that's a ranked yeah, guy. That'd but, be a uh, banger. Uh, yeah. couple, before we get to the main event, I do want to just ca- talk about a couple other fights. Uh, Joseph Pfeiffer. That guy just gets stuff done. Now, he was on, if you've if you kind of followed his story a little bit, he is, is someone, he was on the Contender Series. He lost in the Contender Series. He went out, got another win, came back on the Contender Series, won in July. And uh, and now he's coming back and, and just, he looks good. Dana White loves him. He came out and said like Dana White gave him some extra money, uh, put him up a place to live. Uh, probably not what, uh, you, know, you know, Dana wants people to know. Uh, about what they, uh, they're they doing. But this is a guy, Dana's like, hey, you want to fight in the UFC? Be like Joe Pfeiffer. Be like this guy. This is someone that the UFC is high on and someone that, uh, you know, and it showed. He looked really good out there. Yeah, and he also might be the palest member of the UFC roster. Okay. That dude is like wax paper white. Yeah, I like the people he trains with too. Sean Brady. Uh, I think Paul Felder we talked about him as well. Uh, so he's someone that, uh, I'm, you know, I'm definitely yeah, high on it and looking forward to that. Um, he's definitely one to watch. Andre Feely defeating Bill Aljo. That was a big win, right, for Ooh. Andre Feely. This is, yeah, we'll talk know, about more blood. Feely is somebody who, you know, he had a loss. He had a no contest. He had a loss. He hadn't won since, you know, right at the beginning of the pandemic in, in 2020. Uh, so this was a chance for him to get a win. And, and obviously, Bill Algio, I don't think that Bill Algio, his last win, it was against Herbert Burns. Uh, that was about uh, that was just a couple months ago. Uh, but I just think that's that's not a bad win for Andre Feely. And, and it kind of gets him back on the right path. Yeah, it's kind of a get right fight. And the UFC doesn't really do those much. So that's good for him. Also, he will soon be overtaken completely by Tattoo Inc. He's, you see his tattoo that he has of uh, Uriah Faber as well? He's a big Uriah Faber guy, that, But he's got his face on it. Yeah, there. the one on his back still hasn't been filled in yet, so we'll see how that goes. Yeah. Uh, Anthony Hernandez dropping uh, Marc-Andre Berriot on his head. Almost like oh. spiked him. If you, if you haven't seen that, Eddie, go check that out. That was uh, that's, ne- that's never fun to watch. So, Trevin Giles. You're talking about Houston. Trevin Giles out there as well. Oh, yeah. I uh, see Damon Jackson had a big emotional win there. Yeah. So in the first round. All right. Well, let's get into it. Let's talk Corey Sanhagen versus Song Yudong. And, and Eddie, that was rough, right? Because, uh, again, the brutality of the cut. Like, this cut was so deep on Song Yudong. And every round, when it ended, I think it happened in the second round uh, to an elbow. And every round... I think it was an elbow, but they came out, and I just thought that the doctor, okay, they're going to stop this. That's too much blood. The blood's going to, they're going to be able to stop. Okay, they stopped the bleeding, but they're going to have to stop this fight. It, it, there's no way that this fight continues. As the blood just keeps rushing down into his eyes, it's just, I mean, it, it was, uh, 
it's unfortunate, right? Because while although I thought that Sanhagen was winning the fight and I thought that he was going to go on to his way to win the fight in that fifth round, you could either have it tied or you could have Sanhagen up. This was a good chance for Sanhagen to prove he is where he belongs. Uh, and it also shows that Song Yudong, who's really young still, like, I mean, like mid-20s, he's going to learn from this, he's going to grow from this, and he's going to come back. Uh, he stuffed all eight takedowns. I thought that was impressive for, for Song Yudong. Uh, and he was able to, while he did land some bigger punches, I did think that Corey Sanhagen, obviously, he, he he cut him open, but he also just landed the bigger punches in general. Yeah, and I don't think either guy loses anything from this fight. Uh, Yadong showed himself well. Uh, Corey Sanhagen, I know he didn't. He never wants to win on a cut, but the way he fought, um, hates to say that he's the gatekeeper of the bantamweight division, but basically that's what he is, and he he held his ground. You're not getting past him unless you're the elite of the elite, and he didn't lose anything with this. And he wasn't going to gain as much with it anyway. So they both kind of held their ground, I yeah, think. Yeah, it's interesting, right? Also, that cut was deeper than Rodriguez's, too. Yeah. That uh, thing was nasty. So Yadong's only 24. He's going to be around, right? This guy is, is not someone that I'm going to say, oh, my gosh, he, he's out. This is uh, he's, no. he's lost his opportunity. But the UFC— He's just getting better. The UFC on the broadcast said something that— I was surprised that they said, they said, we kind of have a Bantamweight Grand Prix. Now, you know, you know, when you use that terminology, that, that's a very Bellator thing to say, but they do it. And, and we've talked about that, right? I bet Dana issued an email yeah, he, on Monday. He probably did not like that. So, so far in the UFC Bantamweight Grand Prix, we've had, uh, we had Dominic Cruz versus Marlon Vera. Marlon Vera, he won that fight. We had Marab Davalashvili defeat Jose Aldo, we'll talk about Aldo in a little bit, but Marab won that fight. And now we have Corey Sandhagen. He is he, he has a win now over Song Yudong. And then we know next month we have number one ranked fighter, Piotr Jan versus Sean O'Malley. And we have the champion, Aljamain Sterling versus TJ Dillashaw. So you wonder kind of what's next. And, and if we were going to match these people up, um, I, I, I think that if Sean O'Malley wins, there's no match, he's going to get the title shot. You, you fast track Sean O'Malley to a title fight. But if Piotr Jan wins, could you do Piotr Jan versus Marab? And do you do Corey Sandhagen versus Chido Vera? Like that would be, those would be two really interesting fights. Well, if, uh, if Jan wins, would Marab just be next in line? Uh, Marab currently, right? Marab is sitting at number three, right? So, yeah. I mean, he could be technically, so if, but yeah. Marab. Yeah, yeah, I wait for that one. But if Jan wins, but Marab is not going to fight Aljamain Sterling. You have to have Dillashaw win, and then you have to have Piotr Jan win. Oh, because thing because those are teammates and friends. They're not going to fight each other. So so that's not going to happen sure? right every there. Now and then they, every now and then they do. They, and, and, but they have, when, when the both opportunity come out. arises, they might change their mind. Yes, they both come out and said, like, this is not worth ruining a friendship. It will ruin our friendship, and we're not going to do that. Like, they they have the perspective of, like, hey, we get it. Like, Aljamain would move, right? And, and, and Marab will move divisions before he fights him. And I think Aljamain knows. Aljamain knows that Marab is better. Right, Aljamain Man, knows. Even if it would ruin this show, I would fight you. Wow, well, I mean, even if it would ruin the show, it would it would ruin the show because of your ego, like you would you would feel terrible after getting your butt kicked by me. So, um, but I do like the idea of Corey Sanhagen versus Cheeto Vera, uh, and then I mean, do I like Marab versus Piotr Jan? I kind of like that. I, I kind of obviously we need to see what's going to happen uh, next month in Abu Dhabi, but you wouldn't want to just put uh, Marab versus Marlon. No, I like Corey Sanhagen versus Marlon. I think that's I think that's a great matchup right there. I think that striking there is going to be just really, really interesting. Uh, the only other thing, Eddie, I wanted to just highlight. Um, we said that, uh, oh, this is interesting. So one fight we talked about last week. This fight was supposed to happen. 
Aspen Ladd versus Sarah McMahon. Uh, Aspen Ladd, she missed weight again. Uh, now, they were supposed to fight at UFC on ESPN, Poirier versus Hooker back in June 2020, Austin, Texas. Uh, and then again on UFC on ESPN, Vera versus Cruz in August 2022. Ladd was forced out. She had to, uh, she had to pull out of those. Uh, Ladd, again, though, like, she has missed weight. She has come in sick. She has missed weight. She's gotten sick because she's missed weight. Uh, this is like the fifth or sixth time that Aspen Ladd has, like, had an issue with a weight cut that's resulted in her like missing a fight. So the UFC, like you either need to cut Aspen Ladd and just, or never let her fight at Bantamweight again. She has to fight at 145 from now on. Well, the thing is, who's there to fight at 145? Then you get cut. But you, yeah. then, then, then you don't get to be a part of it. And she fought. She moved up to 145. She lost to Norma Dumont. Who, Norma Dumont says she's the number one contender. But if you aren't going to fight at 145, if you're not going to be part of the new 145 division, you don't get to be in the UFC. There's too many times that you have missed weight or like we don't know what's happening with you because of your weight that we just can't count on her anymore. You know, I hate to say I agree with you, but I agree with you. you cut her. Let her go figure it out on the indie scene. Let her go to PFL and fight at 155. Um, go to Bellator, fight 145. But if she can't figure out how to get down to 135, then there's no place for her. Yeah, no, I, I agree. Like you, you have to make a decision. You have to fight. You have to fight where you can. And if you can't make yeah. weight, you don't get to be in the UFC anymore. Yeah, They're, these are the divisions. If you can't make the divisions, you got to go somewhere else. It's just the way it is. Agreed. All right, Eddie, that is Canelo versus Triple G. That is UFC Fight Night 210. I think it's Vegas 210. That is the, the uh, Chicago Bears are still a terrible team and are owned by the hey, Green Bay hey, Packers. And one you listen one. to Fight Night one on 104.9 The Horn, hornfm.com, and we will be right back. What's up with that? Woke up this morning and I got out of bed. Had a big old cup of coffee to clear my head. Been home for a while and that's where I'm at. But we can still jam on What's Up With That? Ooh-wee. What's up with that? What's up with that? Ooh-wee. What's up with that? What's up with that? What's up with that? Welcome back to Fight Night on 104.9 The Horn and hornfm.com. I'm Eddie, that's Jordan. And Jordan, last time we were talking about how SNL lost a bunch more cast members, and we didn't know who was going to host on the first weekend, which I believe is next weekend? October 1st. It's coming, coming up. One. Yeah, next week. Yeah. Um, so um, tell me you've got some news on that. All right. We still don't know who the host is. I, I haven't heard yet. I, I can't imagine they're not, the, you know, they're, they're pretty close to it. But they did add four new cast members, uh, Devin Walker, Marcelo Hernandez, Molly Kearney, and Michael Longfellow. Now, Eddie, I don't know any of these people, so I can't tell you anything about it. Oh, well, that's the way it usually goes with the not quite ready for primetime players, right? Yes. You don't know who they are. They show up on TV. They do a good job. They get uh, ridiculous movies made. Let's hope. Let's hope they do. Now, f- follow me here. Going out on a ledge. First host, Keenan Thompson. I was going to go with Kel, but uh, that's okay. Does he have a job? Is he doing anything? No, he's not. He's, he's working at Good Burger. Okay. I never watched that show. I was too old. All right, Jordan. This is going to sound rude. Yeah. But for- forget the Queen of England. All right. This is America. Um, but the King of Rio has retired. 
What's up with that? So, so I'm not sure how This Is America works for the King of Rio, but I'm going to give that to you. Just forget the Queen of England. That's why. So, Eddie, he still is considered the greatest featherweight of all time. On Sunday, news came out that Jose Aldo had retired and res- was released from his UFC contract. Now, he only had one fight left, which is a little bit surprising because the UFC we know, they are heading back to Rio. They're going back to Brazil in early 2023, but he's done. Aldo is retired. He is no longer going to be, he's no longer in the UFC. Uh, He was released from his contract, which means that he actually can now pursue other interests. He can do boxing, which we've heard him want to do. He can do other combat sports. What he can't do. Didn't he want to play soccer? He have heard him play, say he wants to play soccer. What he can't do, he can't go down and go fight, uh, you know, someone in Bellator. He can't go over to the PFL. That is going to still be restricted, but he could go box. He could do jujitsu. He could do other things. Um, it's interesting. Am I glad that that can't happen? Because can't what do you ask? Can he bare knuckle box? I hope not. Let's hope that Jose no, Aldo cannot say, bare, go bare knuckle box someone. Could he fight Muay Thai over in one? I don't know. I, I don't know if that's too you know slippery of a slope. Um, yeah, it's too, probably too close. Obviously, Aldo. You know, he's coming off of that loss to to Murab. We talked about it last round. Uh, that was at UFC 278 in Salt Lake. The, the altitude wasn't great. Uh, Murab did a lot of you know, pushing for takedowns and there wasn't a ton of action that happened there. But regardless, I'm a little bit surprised that Aldo, who you would think that who just had a third child, you would think that Aldo is someone that would, you know, you, we talk about wrestling and fight forever. Aldo is someone that I think is like, I'm going to fight forever. And you could see him in like BKFC and, uh, and just continuing on to fight. And so I'm a little surprised, especially with the UFC going to Rio uh, early next year that he's not going to take one more chance and one more fight there. Uh, obviously, there's so many great Jose Aldo moments. Uh, I love his entrance when he walks in to you know run this town. Uh, that is incredible when you hear that blast on the speakers. Uh, obviously, I didn't love the Uriah Faber fight and and uh, the 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 brutality of the leg kicks. Uh, you know the Chad Mendez knee, the the hematoma he put on Mark Hominick. Uh, do you have any classic moments, Eddie, that stand out for you in uh, in Aldo's illustrious career? Well, there was the what was it six second win over Cub Swanson. Yes. That was pretty nasty. Uh, but um, just seeing him jump the cage and run into the crowd when he beat, I think it was Moicano, that was just just a great sight, man. But that and that, like you said, that, that knee against Mendez, it was just so smooth. I was watching some highlights earlier, and you just did not level change against young Jose Aldo. You're going to catch a knee or an uppercut, and it was going to end your night. You, think, you just didn't you try. You think about what would have happened had those 13 seconds against Conor McGregor never happened. Right, if he if he didn't get caught, if he didn't get clipped and just get knocked out, uh, I mean, you think about those moments. Think about when Conor McGregor, when he finished, I think it was Dennis Seaver, and he jumped over and just got in the face, right, just in the face of Jose Aldo there, and I think it was in Boston. But I mean, there were so many just incredible just moments between those two guys too on that world tour. Yeah, he was so not himself leading up to that fight, and that's exactly what Conor wanted, and he did that, you know, with his trash talk. And, yeah, it would be a completely different world had that fight actually gone, like, three to five rounds. Mm-hmm. Real different. Completely different world. Yeah. All right, Jordan. Um, speaking of retirement, Marlon Marais has come out of retirement. What's up with that? Yeah, so Marlon Marais, he has signed on to compete in the upcoming PFL 
2023 season. Uh, he's planning on competing at uh, 145 pounds. Now, if you remember, Marais, he actually made his name in the PFL. It was actually called the World Series of Fighting or, or WSOF. He was 11-0 in the promotion there. He was the World Series of Fighting Bantamweight champion, defended the title five times. And, and Eddie, we've talked about this before. I love it. I love it when a, a good UFC fighter if they still have it for them to take their time, leave the UFC and go to the PFL. Shane Burgos just did it. Tiago Santos a little bit did it. Uh, I don't like this for Marais because he retired back in April after he lost five of his last six. Now, the only one that he won was a very contested decision against Jose Aldo, which actually Aldo got a title shot off of the loss because everybody thought that Aldo actually won that fight. And if you go look at all five of those losses, they were all either TKOs or KOs in the first or second round. They were all brutal. So I don't love Marais coming back and, and coming back for, you know, because we you said it last week, there's some killers in the PFL. And if you're not ready and if you're not 100% kind of in the mindset and sharp, you're going to get your lights out. It doesn't matter if you're not fighting UFC caliber or in the UFC, you're going to get your lights put out there. Right. And basically what you saw from Marais towards the end of his run there was that he himself was no longer quote-unquote UFC caliber. So thinking you're going to get an... An easy million dollars in the PFL? No, man. They're looking to make their name off your name, and it could be lights out. Especially, he's fighting up in weight, so now he's going to be fighting bigger guys who are cutting down. And he's a little older and slower. This might be a bad move. But what do you do otherwise, you know? You stay retired. Hey, maybe Eagle. No, I don't like that either. Eagle could have been a good, good shot there. We've forgotten about them. What's up with that? No, but uh, speaking of the PFL, Jordan, Muhammad Ali's other grandson has signed with the PFL. What's up with that? Yeah, so former Cal Berkeley and UNLV running back Biagio Ali Walsh, he signed an agreement to fight in the PFL. Uh, Ali, he's signed. He's one and one in MMA. He's 24 years old, and what he's done is he's actually signed an amateur agreement, and and so he's gonna make his debut. It's gonna be. It says it's November 15th now, or November 25th, excuse me, on an undercard, which that's not actually not the finale of the PFL. So I'm a little bit uh, confused as to what fight card. Yeah, and their finale is around Halloween, yeah, it's going it? to be later next month. Uh, so I'm a little bit surprised of when this is going to be. Uh, so we'll find out who he's going to fight, when he's going to fight. Uh, if you remember, Biagio, he committed to play football at, at Cal Berkeley. He spent two years there, then he transferred to, uh, to UNLV. And then he decided he was going to just, he quit MMA, quit fighting, at that point, or excuse me, he quit football and he started fighting and he's transferred full-time to that. Uh, Eddie, just one side note. I actually saw Biagio Ali Walsh play football in high school. I was in uh, I was in Las Vegas over Thanksgiving and I went and saw a Bishop Gorman game and uh, in Las Vegas. I saw him play. I actually just sent you a picture that you can post later. Uh, I saw him, uh, Tate Martell. I saw Snoop's son, Cordell Brodus, and I saw Lorenzo Fertitta's son, Nico. And uh, so that's a picture of me and Snoop. Uh, from that game that I went to and uh, where I photobombed Snoop from the backside. I, I, I came around and had uh, my brother-in-law take a picture there. So um, so if um, Ali Walsh was a running back, I'm guessing that's a, he's going to be fighting at light heavyweight or a middleweight? I don't know. I don't, I don't know exactly. I mean, when I saw him in high school, right? I mean, he played running back at like in, in college, so you got to have some size there. So I, I don't know exactly yeah, so his weight there. I'm going to guess he's going to cut down to middleweight, but that's just a guess for me. Um, now, back to boxing real quick, Jordan. Anthony Joshua has responded to Tyson Fury's call-out. 
What's up yeah, so that? a few a few weeks ago, we discussed Tyson Fury's call out of Anthony Joshua, and uh, and Joshua's team came out and said that they have accepted the terms to fight Fury on December third at Principality Stadium in Cardiff, Wales. Now, they did say there's a bit of a delay due to the passing of the Queen, but hopefully it'll get picked up soon and uh, it'll get back and, and officially announced. Uh, the offer was for a 60-40 per split between Fury and Joshua. Fury would get 60%. There's still a few things that they need to iron out. Uh, and obviously, you know, we want to see this happen. And, and, you know, sometimes you think about like, oh man, you know, I wish this was, they were fighting for all the belts. At this point, you just got to take what you get, right? You know, because if we're not going to be able to get this fight uh, at the, both of their, their, you know, their, you know, peaks, apex, the apex right? Yeah. Maybe we'll never get it. I say we just get it done right now. So I'm happy to see this happen. Yeah. And we we're complaining last week about why he's not fighting Usyk. And, but apparently Usyk doesn't want to fight until sometime next mm-hmm. year. So if Joshua's going to fight this year, this is a, this is a pretty good consolation. It'll be huge. I hope they have it. I uh, hope it actually does happen in Wales because that will be huge. Yeah. Now, um, I don't know if there's a roof on that stadium because December in, in the U.K. might be kind of nasty. Yeah, I'm not the best. Yeah. I mean, you know, the ring will be covered, but the, it's going to suck for the people in the stands. Uh, now, Jordan, there's a 17-year-old fighter this week on the Contender Series? What's up with that? Yeah, so this week we got a 17-year-old. Next week we've got Bo Nickel. All right, making his his return next week. But so that'll be the season finale. Yes. Huh. But so this week we got Raul Rosas. He is fighting. He's 17 years old. Uh, he's from Mexico. He has a five and zero record, and he is going to be fighting a seven and one fighter, Mando Gutierrez. And uh, what's actually really interesting, so, um, you know, this is a guy he's been fighting professionally since I think he was 15. He had to, like, he has to go in front of the commission, I think, on Tuesday, so the day of the fight, to make sure that he gets that uh, uh, fight card. But so this is a guy that's interesting. Like, the, he says the oldest guy he's fought is a 33 or 34 year old. Uh, the youngest one he fought was 25 or 26. Uh, you know, it's interesting. You think about, like, the UFC being like, hey, Bo Nickel, you don't have what it takes. You're not ready yet to be in the UFC, but we're going to let this 17-year-old fighter who is not a world champion wrestler, uh, we're going to let him compete, and we may give him, you know, I would, you should sign him to an amateur uh, you know, contract as well, but really interesting kind of perspective that they're having by having a 17-year-old, and by the time you hear this on Wednesday night, we'll know if he won and if he got signed. Exactly. Now, um... Yeah, go ahead and hit us with the blue All right, Eddie, I've got a couple just absolute bangers. Somebody's O has got to go. Bryce Mitchell versus Mosar Evloev. This is a fight. This is going to be, hopefully, the main event, UFC Vegas 64, November 6th. Now, you look at Bryce Mitchell. He has wins over Edson Barbosa, Andre Feely. Uh, those are his last two. Mosar Evloev, his last two wins, Dan Ige, Hakim Daudu, uh, also went over Nick Lenz. That Dan Ige win, that's a fight that I'm pumped about. I'm really excited for that. Another one, Eddie, Calvin Cater versus Arnold Allen. That is another banger of fights that are two guys that are ranked. Uh, that's happening at UFC Fight Night October 29th. Uh, let's see, Chris Dacus versus Jorginho Rosenstruck. Jared Cannonier like versus Sean Strickland. That got moved to December. And uh, over in Bellator, you got Liz Carmouche versus uh, Julian Velasquez. That's for the title in December. So, Eddie, that is new fights. That's what's up with that, guys. You're listening to Fight Night right here on 104.9 The Horn and hornfm.com, and we will be right back. Until next time. Hey, 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 hey. What's up with that? 
What's up with that? Welcome back to Fight Night on 104.9 The Horn, hornfm.com. That is Eddie Cross. I am Jordan Wahlberger. Eddie, is Texas, does Texas have a bye week this week? Um, well, you could say that. We're playing Texas Tech. Okay. There you go. Boom. There you go. I like that. I think, we, I think BYU has Wyoming. Yeah. Uh, so this is, an away, this is your first away game, right? Uh, yes, it is. The first road game. I believe the game starts at 2.30, which would put the game, uh, pregame here at 10.30 a.m. Okay. And you can listen right here on 104.9 right, right the, the Horn. There we go. And if you want to get the uh, soothing sounds of Craig Way instead of what you get on TV, you can also go to the Horn app to find the link to listen to the game online. Okay. Well, the radio broadcast, yeah. Well, Eddie, um, oh, yeah. the UFC is off, right? So the UFC is going to come back in a week, but they are off this week. And, uh, but there's, don't fear, there's, there's still going to be some combat sports. We still have Bellator. We still have some boxing out there as well. Uh, and so, uh, so don't fret there. So in the main event, uh, Bellator is going to Dublin, Ireland for Peter Quelly versus Benson Henderson. It's crazy, crazy to think that Benson Henderson still around, still fighting. Uh, I mean, think about it. When's the last time you thought, when's the last time he fought in the UFC? When did he leave? Oh, my God. It's been years now, man. It's almost a full second career. I mean, it's 2015. His last fight was a win over Jorge Masvidal. He beat Jorge wow. Masvidal in Korea, back in, in South Korea, excuse me, in 2015. He's fighting Peter Quelly. Now, Peter Quelly, I, I want to say Peter Quelly, you know, he was, he recently fought right for the, uh, for the title. He lost to um, Patricky Freire. And so this is another fight, you know, at the top of the lightweight division. Uh, obviously, I'm not sure if the winner will get a, a title fight here, uh, but I still think it's, it's interesting. Uh, also on the fight card, you've got Yoel Romero versus Melvin Mann, who looks like they want, uh, they want to kill a man in, uh, in Ireland this week. So I don't know if I, uh, I'm excited about that. Uh, Melvin Manhoof, um, Eddie, who is older, yeah. you or Melvin Manhoof? Ooh, that's a close one, man. That's a tough one. I'm going to say me, but, but not by much. No. Melvin Manhoof is 46. Oh, man. Yeah. So, yeah, I, I think this is going to be his last fight. But the thing I'm, is, I'm you, you look at that, you say, oh, Melvin Manhoof, he's an old man. Uh, who's older, Yo Romero or you? <laughs> me. No. Yo Romero, he turned 45 back in April. Oh, a couple months. Yeah, so he's a couple. So both yeah, these he's, guys. He's a different animal. Yes, he is. Well, we don't actually even know how old he really is. I mean, his papers could say anything. Um, exactly. But, like, he's a different beast in general. But how does it make you feel that both of these, I mean, they're definitely both older than me, but both of these guys in the co-main event, Eddie, are older than us? Definitely makes me feel like I need to work the, out. This is like old man fights, at, you know, at their very best. Uh, you also have Mads and Burnell. And Melvin should have retired years ago. That's true. Uh, you also have Mads Burnell versus Pedro Carvalho. Liam McCourt versus Diana Silva. Uh, Brett Johns. I mean, I'm trying to think of other people. That Georgia Carcanyon. That's also happening. Bellator is missing, uh, missing a chance by not moving this to CBS this week with UFC off. You got a chance to take, like, some primetime midday eyeballs and you're sticking it on showtime yeah but Let's if see. it's but if it's peter quelly versus ben they, they, what they didn't do is they didn't take the advantage of building a fight car that you could put on cbs right but you got your romero too there you go all right let's talk about boxing chris cyborg she is making her yes. boxing debut eddie what do i need to know 
her scheduled opponent Sunday at Fight Music Show 2, Simone Silva is serving a 60-day medical suspension handed down by the Texas Combative Sports Programming coming from an August 13th knockout loss in Houston. So this fight takes place Sunday, which is only 43 days into her 60-day suspension. So as a result, the Brazilian Boxing Commission is not sanctioning the fight, which really puts a cramp on Cyborg's plans because she was really touted as a possible opponent for Katie Taylor in her next fight. But if she doesn't have a pro boxing bout on her record, uh, it, uh, it's doubtful that they'd have her take that spot. So I'd expect to hear of a replacement within the next week. So will this mean that uh, does this fight won't count then? If, it, if she fights uh, Silva, it likely won't count. Okay. So what else? It'll be an exhibition, yeah. So uh, speaking of um, exhibitions, there's another exhibition going on as well. Yes, Saturday, Floyd Mayweather is fighting someone he should not be fighting, Mikuru Asakura, who is a 16-3 Ryzen featherweight and a popular YouTuber in Japan. So he's basically fighting a Jake Paul with some actual fight experience. But it's in boxing, not MMA, and Asakura is an MMA fighter. No boxing fights on his record. So this should be just another cakewalk for Mayweather. Um, also in England, got a heavyweight eliminator with Joy Joyce and Joseph Parker. Uh, Amanda Serrano is on that card with uh, facing off against Sarah Maf Mafoud for a featherweight unification bout. And back on this side of the pond on the 23rd, Shakur Stevenson is fighting on ESPN and ESPN+. Plus. Uh, defending his WBC and WBO junior lightweight titles. Nice. Well, that guys, thanks to Sports Guys Talking Wrestling. Coming up next to Myrick, Justin Simmons. We are proud to be the MMA show of Texas. Tell your friends. Uh, be sure to like and subscribe and, and uh, follow us at Fight Night ATX on Twitter, on Instagram, and on Facebook. Keep safe. Be nice to each other. Stay positive and love your life. And if we ever didn't thank you, let us do it now. Happy trails to you till we meet again.